Today's scripture reading is taken from 1 Peter 5, 5 through 11. You younger men, likewise be subject to your elders, and all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be of, so, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience he is suffering are being accomplished by the brethren who are in the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfectly confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. Good morning and happy new year. Good to see the Logries here as a family. Usually Tom has to work. <laughs> so Happy New Year. How many times have you guys heard that? Some of us more than others, right? <laughs> How many times will you hear it again? Hopefully a, lot. Hopefully a lot. But will it matter? Are you ready? No one knows. Nothing is guaranteed, no matter what our age is. As we get older, we have to be diligent in passing on the wisdom we have amassed to the next generation to come. So we saw that in the, the first verse of our reading this morning. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. As we go on in years and years, we may notice that some things change. There we go, back on. So the young kids may not recognize that yet. So it's up to us as the elders of the church, the older people in the church, and you're an older person if there's somebody here younger than you, to pass on the wisdom and the knowledge that we have learned. So. Uh, as we look into some of the scriptures this morning, uh, 
keep that in mind, that as we face a new year, even though it may seem like the same old year that we had last year, um, it is still new to those that are younger than us. Uh, some of the things that they will face will be new to them, and they can lean on our experiences and knowledge in the future. And if we are younger, we need to accept that advice. Let it be written on us that, that we might avoid some of the mistakes that those before us have made so that we can have a better life and be closer to God as well. In verse 8, it says, Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the the devil prowls around you like a roaring lion, seeking someone to desire, or devour, I'm sorry. He desires us too. When I contrast that with verse 5, you younger men likewise be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Whenever I read this passage, it always takes me back to a time when I, I went camping with a, a friend of mine named Chuck out in California. And we happened to be going into this canyon on a very narrow pathway. He was in front of me, and he yelled, Bear. And I didn't stand there and say where, or look, or anything else, I turned around and ran as fast as I could. Um, I could have said, well, he's behind me. I don't have much to worry about. You know, the old saying where you don't have to be faster than the bear, just faster than the person you're with. Um, <laughs> uh, but I ran as fast as I could to give him every sporting chance I could for him to get away also. Uh, we got out of there, and, and uh, I never did see that particular bear. Um, we did see a couple others on our camping trek that time. But I didn't question him, is more the point. He said there was something ahead, and I didn't question that. I reacted to what he said, responded in kind of, I got to get out of here. So, again, I relied on his experience that he was able to identify that it was a bear and not a squirrel or a dog or anything else, that it was truly something dangerous, something urgent, and we got out of there. So um, when someone in the church approaches you and says there's danger ahead in the path you're on, we should heed that warning, possibly turn from it. Um, there are challenges in life that we face head to head. 
and we have to do that. But learn for ourselves sometimes. But if you can rely on the experience and wisdom of others, you might avoid that in your own life. Paul's letters to Timothy are also a great example of this passing of wisdom and experience. So, uh, Timothy was Paul's student. Paul refers to him as his son. Uh, he wasn't his physical son, though. Um, But uh, Paul had trained Timothy to basically take over as Paul was reaching the end of his life. He was imprisoned. Uh, his uh, death was imminent. And he wrote this letter to Timothy. And I'll, I'll read um, just from the first uh, chapter of that. Uh, starting in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you upon my departure for Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience, and a sincere faith. For some men, straying from these things, have turned aside to fruitless discussion, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they are making confident assertions. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the facts that Law is not made, made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, and for immoral men, and fornicators, and kidnappers, and liars, and perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to the sound teaching, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which I have been entrusted." Thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considers me faithful, putting me into service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a prosecutor and a violent aggressor. Yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came unto, into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost of all. Yet for this reason, I found mercy 
so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ, might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. So a couple of things going on here in this first chapter of from Paul uh, to Timothy. First of all, he's, he's making it clear that I'm, I'm passing this to you. This is going to be your responsibility going forward. Um, and these are the things that you need to look out for. And he gives a whole list of, of sins. Um, gives a whole list of sins for, for Timothy to be aware of within the congregation. And for Timothy as well. He's still a human. He's still capable of doing these things. So these are the warnings that he needs to be aware of. But then Paul also gives his testimony. Where Paul says, I was the worst of the worst. I was a blasphemer. Persecutor. And violent aggressor. And yet, Jesus found a heart in him. Jesus changed his ways. Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Like Paul. Like me. Like you. He laid down his life for us. So as we think about these things that, that we do as humans, um, Ecclesiastes 1, 1 through 11 is... A uh, scripture that that is fairly common. Um, you'll you'll recognize it as we start to read it, um, and I'll I'll read through it. Just one through eleven of Ecclesiastes. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What advantage does man have in all his work, which he does under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. Also, the sun rises and the sun sets, and hastening to its place, it rises there again. Blowing toward the south, then turning toward the north, the wind continues swirling along, and its circular courses, the wind returns. All the rivers flow into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place where rivers flow, they flow again. All things are wearisome. Man is not able to tell it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing. 
nor is the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is that which will be, and that which has been done is that which will be done. So there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one might say, See? See this? It is new. Already it has existed for ages, which were before us. There is no remembrance of earlier things, and also of the later things which will occur. There will be for them no, rem no remembrance among those who will come later still. So you think you drive a new car. Every bit of your car has existed since God created the earth. It's not new. It's the same old stuff. We just put it together differently. Same thing in our lives. Can somebody tell me that you've found a new sin that's not in here? It's all been done. We've all learned lessons from it, but we continue to repeat it. So when we say... Happy New Year. How many times has that happened? <laughs> How many years have there been? Is this year really new? Or is it just another year? Kind of makes us feel old that way, but hang on to the Spirit because you can be renewed in Christ. You can turn away from the old ways and on to Christ's ways. And as we do that, and we commit our hearts to God, to Jesus, to living a good life, with the hope of eternal life. eternal life. Not the hundred years we might spend here if we're lucky or unlucky, as the case may be. But eternal life with God. That's our goal. That's where we want to be and this is simply the test we have to pass to get there. So in this new year, we probably won't expect to see any real change in politics, any real change in the behaviors of the world. We have all we need to be prepared to face those, it's in the scriptures. Everything's been pointed out to us 
what there is and what we can do. So in this new year, yes, you can continue reading and studying in the Bible, bracing yourself for these things, preparing yourself, preparing your, your way to that glorious eternal life. And hopefully, it will help give you the words that you need to help others prepare and to help others find their way onto this path to eternity. As I was preparing for today's lesson, I apologize, I printed two sides and I have to keep flipping back and forth to make sure I have what I'm working on. Um, as I was preparing for today's lesson, I was taking scriptures and cutting them and pasting them onto a document. And I was looking for what I'm going to talk about next. And I happened to have four scriptures lined up and I and I was reading through them again and I found that even though these are all from different books and chapters and parts of the Bible these verses flowed together and they, they spoke to me and hopefully they'll speak to you so I'm going to read three through these real quick there it's just a couple of verses for each one but listen to them. I'll, I'll be repeating the, the books, and, and verse, books and chapters again. So if you don't catch them the first time, uh, we'll be going back to them again to make some comments. Starting off in James 4, 13 to 17. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. And then Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Second Peter 3, 8 and 9. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that the Lord one day is like, I'm sorry, but with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, 
but for all to come to repentance. Matthew 6:34. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow, tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So in James 4, verse 14, we are told that we are just a vapor that is here now and gone in an instant. Much like your breath on a cold day. In God's time, our life is very short. This time that we spend here versus eternity It's a big difference. That's like comparing a point to a line, right? The line goes on forever. But we must make the most of our time here and pass that on to the next generation. In verse 15, we are reminded that any of our plans for the future are subject to God's plans for us. And regardless of the results, we should accept and learn from our trials. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 remind us to be careful of how we walk and make the most of our time. Don't be foolish and understand the will of the Lord. So, Accept. If God puts a trial in your path, take it. But don't forget that there's a congregation here that can help you with that. As Tom pointed out, that's why we have our small groups. That's why we want to be closer to one another. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9 remind us that God's time and our time are not the same. But regardless, he is patient with us and does not want us to perish. And finally, Matthew 6.34, that we should not be anxious about tomorrow and face our troubles as they come. So again, we can see God's patience towards us. We can see where in each of these instances there might have been somebody that did something that we're about to do that we can learn from. And we should rely on that wisdom. We should rely on that connection that we have through Christ with one another to help find our way. Romans 5, 1 through 8 will be uh, the last scripture that I want to look at this morning. So Romans 5, starting in verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction 
by faith into this grace which we stand and we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulations bring about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, and hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So in these verses, we see that we are to exult in our tribulations, which build perseverance, proven character, and hope. All of which are experiences that we can share with others to help build them up in the faith. We also see that at the right time, as we talk about New Year's, at the right time, Christ died for us, even when we did not deserve his sacrifice. Which is the most important lesson we can share with others to help build faith and appreciation that was made on our, on our behalf. God loves us all. Every single one of us. And not just those that are in this room this morning. He loves everyone. And it's up to us to point that out to others. To help bring them to the faith and help bring them live, bring them to living a better life. I'd like to end with a story that I had seen about a father and a son, one generation to another, a lesson to be learned. The father and the son were out in the yard doing yard work, and the son looked up to the dad and said, Dad, how big is God? And the son looked back at his dad, I mean, the, the father looked back at his son and said, well, do you see that plane up there? And the son looked up. Nope, I don't see a plane. Do you see that cloud that looks like a line? At the front of that line is an airplane. And that's not a cloud, that's a vapor trail from the airplane. You mean that little thing up there is an airplane? Yes, that little thing up there is an airplane. Well, I can barely see it, Dad. Okay, well, let's go get in the car. And he took his son over to the airport. And as they got closer to the airport, the son said, there's an airplane, there's an airplane. I can see the airplanes. And they got as close to the airport as they 
could with these days being what they are and things fenced off. But they actually ended up right at the end of the runway. And here comes an airplane right overhead. How big is that airplane now, son? It's giant. It's as big as can be. It's the same thing with God. The closer you are to God, the bigger he is. So take that thought today and go with it. Um, pass on that wisdom and knowledge that you have to the younger ones. Thank you. Hey there, Pastor Tom here. I hope you enjoyed this sermon that Deacon John Lauder offered to Rockland Community Church. Rockland Community Church is located at 212 Rockland Road in North Situate, Rhode Island, just around the bend from Situate Public High School. We invite you to join us in person or virtually this Sunday as we begin a three-week sermon series on becoming Christian leaders. It's our joy to welcome you into our community.